0: You heard a Will? The, the, the Sports Section Morning Show. TMTB sports
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Section Morning Show, episode 16. Got a lot to talk about today, man. We're going to dive right into it. We're going to dive right into it. Nashville SC against Club America on, it was midweek, Tuesday, I want to say. Yeah, Tuesday. What an insane match. What an insane match that was. I ain't going to lie, I cut, the, I cut the TV off in disgust when, when Mayer missed that penalty the first time. I was I, I could tell by the way he was walking up he wasn't going to hit it. He just didn't have it in him. He, paused. He, he just didn't have it in him. I could tell he was walking up, he didn't have no confidence, he didn't have no swagger or nothing. I, I could just tell he wasn't going to make the penalty. So I just cut the bitch off out of disgust immediately. But... I get a call. I, I'm, it, was a, it was a late game, too, so it was about 10 o'clock. By the time it ended, I imagine, pretty late. I go back. I go to the room, Go just go to sleep, man. I get a call. Dub Beezy calling me. I'm like, what the fuck does this dude want? This dude asked me if we won. I said, hell no. Fucking Mayor I missed the penalty. He said, no, nah, you might want to go check it out. I go back, cut the TV back on. It's mayhem <laughs> at Fuck. Absolute, absolute mayhem at Geotis. And, you know, it's all because the keeper from Club America came off the line during the PK. And then, you know, as as shit happens, the next penalty kick, mayor makes it, of course. And then Club America's next PK taker misses his. And then Lovitz puts his away in the top right corner. What a game that was. And, you know, what a momentum, a momentum boost for the city of Nashville and the club. You know, it's already going into the quarterfinals of the League Cup is major. For Nashville SC and it's just it's amazing what what uh what they've done as a club and they face Minnesota tonight. So this is of course, this is getting recorded on Friday. We're live on Friday. Uh, I think it's August. What? August 11th. So it'll be out or they'll be playing tonight against Minnesota, Minnesota up in St. Paul or no, 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 at Giotis. So another good opportunity for the Nashville SC to. To find a way to make it to the semifinals and anything can happen at, th- at that point. You know, we got a tough way to the final and I'm sure we'll probably see Messi along the way if we make it there. But, you know, what a good job the club has done. Sam Serge, you know, what what an amazing debut he had. He comes on for the last 30 supposed to be the last, you know, 30 minutes or so. Bags a goal. He just provides everything that Nashville's been lacking with Bun- Bunsbury with Bunsbury being in you know being on the field you know we played a little better with bunsbury there but he just doesn't provide enough of an outlet his link up play is dog shit you know he's just and his finishing is terrible so he doesn't really do much but be a presence up there and and that's debatable at best he's a presence at best up top surge provides all that and more he's a presence up top he's an outlet if we want to get out and we want to boot the ball long he can win headers he can provide link up play as he did with the ball back in field to Dax when he was out on the left wing. So he's not just going to be a poaching striker. That's what I thought Serge was going to be for us. I assumed that he would have just been a, a bigger, you know, just a poaching striker, sort of like Bunsbury, that's just going to sort of remain up top and let, let the guys like Liao, Mukhtar, Schoffelberg and them just play off of him. But he's moving all around, you know, and that's just his, his first game. He hadn't even really got comfortable. In the system yet, but he's moving all around. It's extremely fluid. It's way better than anything I expected. Way better than anything I expected. But so with the with the goal that he scored, they were I think they were coming out from a goal kick. He's over on the left wing, you know, facilitating play. Hits a ball back in field to Dax, and Dax is running. You know, beats a guy. who's running up around midfield. Lofts a beautiful ball to Mukhtar on on the left edge of the box, left wing. And here comes fucking Surge flying in from the halfway line. And Mukhtar just puts up a beautiful ball, beautiful floated cross to Surge and he just heads it right into the back of the net, man. It was an amazing goal and it's just indicative and just shows shows us what we're going to be capable of when Surge fully gets settled in in Nashville. It's going to be amazing to watch, man. It's going to be amazing to watch and I think he's going to I think he's going to do extremely well for Nashville. Hell, I don't know if we'll be able to hold on to him that long. If he keeps if he has performances in the first 30 minutes of his national career, similar to what he did, hell, we we might be looking at another striker in a couple of years because he might be going to Europe again, go back to Europe. You know, he's he's going to be a, a great player for us, and I can't wait to see see where we go for the rest of the year with him. And hopefully he starts tonight against Minnesota. I mean, Gary Smith has got to, I feel like he has to start him, even if it's just for 60 minutes or 75 minutes. I'd imagine Serge has got... Got his legs under him now. He's been with the club for over a week, over two weeks. And he had been training in preseason with Nottingham Forest. So, you know, he has to he's in shape. It's just a matter of of sharpness. And shit, he's sharp. He's sharp enough for us, as we can tell with his performance against Club America. And speaking of Club America, what an insane. I mean, they they had, I think, 18 people were detained. A lot of them were were uh, younger, not even adults. They were just running on the field. Uh, they were throwing a bunch of shit on the field. I knew it was going to be like that because, you know, that's just the reputation that Club America has. But they also did the same stuff up in Chicago the week prior in the uh, League Cup. So, you know, I don't I'm not sure what the governing bodies are going to do about Club America. I mean, I understand it's quote unquote passion, but, you know, you can't throw stuff on the field you know, we ain't used to that in American sports. I ain't gonna lie. You know, that, that shit don't happen. It's, this ain't hockey, you know, where they can just come and skate by and sweep the shit off. You can't sweep beer bottles off a of grass field. It's different. It's completely different than hockey. But, you know, it, it's I'm just eager to see what the governing bodies, whether that's MLS, League MX, what they decide to do about Club America and their fans. I mean, that to me, their performances, the fans' performances over the last two games alone have warranted, you know, at least a, a stadium ban of one game at the very least. I mean, let me know in the chat what y'all think Club America and their their fans is just insane. I can't say performance. Well, they put on a performance, but just their their attitude and how they acted in the game. It was it was really ridiculous. It was really ridiculous. But, you know, for my prediction for the League Cup quarterfinal, night, I think they'll I think they'll win it two, one, maybe a Minnesota scored, I think three goals. They scored a, them in Toluca. They had a really open game in St. Paul. Uh, I think that was Tuesday. They had a really open game against St. Paul. So hopefully the game isn't too open. I know Gary Smith doesn't like the games to be too open. He likes to be a little more pragmatic, but we've got the facilities for, to play an open game. Now, you know, with, with Surge, we, we have a guy that obviously he's clinical, you know, that, that's not something that, that he was, he was doubted on when he, before he came over here, was a finisher. He's a finisher. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of getting him the chances. And I didn't think he would be able to uh facilitate as well as he did just in those 30 minutes, but that was another knock on him. But he's, he's proven that he can at least do that in some capacity also. So I wouldn't mind seeing a more open game. I mean, hell, it's a league cup quarterfinal at home. So, I mean, go for it. You know, you, you don't, you know, we got to we got to we can't take it for granted getting this far in the competition because it's still a quarterfinal of uh, like a cup competition between two countries. That's a big deal. You know, so, you know, we got to We got to go for the gusto. The next game isn't until August 20th. So we've got over a week until the next match. So give Serge a good amount of time to get at least 75 minutes to get his legs under him and be ready to go and hit the ground running on the 20th for, against New England at Geodis, but I say give him, give him a full, a full run out as much as, as much as he can take to the, today. And let's see how far that takes us, man. Let's see how far that takes us. I'm expecting to see some tired legs with all the guys. Cause we had a quick turnaround from the previous match. We're on a three, four days rest, but you could say the same thing about Minnesota. So I'm excited to see about the match tonight. Hopefully it's, it's a little easier on us a little easier on my heart and my in the stress level. Because last game, the last two games have been stressful as hell. Stressful as hell. Let's talk Liverpool and Caicedo and the the Chelsea deal, man. This has been absolutely insane. Insane. So for backstory, Caicedo has been flirting with, I can't say flirting, he has been talking with Chelsea. He's been flirting with teams all the way back up into January with Arsenal. He was flirting with Arsenal. We had put in a 75 million pound bid, something around that nature. And apparently we had agreed terms with him, but Brighton wouldn't agree or free. They wouldn't sanction a sale in January. He signed a new contract, new five year deal. I don't know why he did that shit, but I guess he had a gentleman's agreement with them that they would sell. Come this summer, Chelsea is really the only team that's reportedly been in for him. They've been going back and forth with Brighton. They've had other deals that they've been going back and forth with Brighton. They got fleeced for Robert Sanchez, paid like 20 some million for a, a bum average keeper. And they didn't. They weren't. Brighton was not able to get Levi Colwell, the center back, who they were desperate to get back after they had a season of him on loan. So the relationship between Brighton and Chelsea is not the best. I think everybody can agree with that. Fast forward to, to tomorrow or last night, I mean. It's Brighton. And this is according to reports of Ornstein, you know, credible reporters. Brighton set a deadline for yesterday. For an open auction, whoever wants to get Caicedo, come in with your highest bid. The deadline is is you know midnight UK time. So that comes up. There's reports throughout the day that another team has talked to Brighton, and they say it might have been Liverpool. Hasn't been confirmed yet. Boom! The bomba drops a little, little mid afternoon in in the UK. Liverpool club record, British record, hundred and ten million pound bid. Well, actually, 111 million pound bid for Moises Caicedo and Chelsea only bid 100 and I think 100 million pounds, 10 million pound disparity. So, of course, Brighton accepts the Liverpool offer, but that doesn't mean anything because Caicedo still has to accept terms with Liverpool. So the reports once the bid went in was that, you know, Caicedo, he will be OK with joining Liverpool. He's he's fine with it. So. Bam, look, Twitter goes crazy. Uh, Chelsea fans are, are pissed and space is <laughs> just going crazy. And Liverpool fans are already putting Caicedo saying that they're going to challenge for the league. You know, fast forward to this morning over here, which is about mid afternoon. The next day in the UK. Report comes out that Caicedo's still in London. He ain't gone to Merseyside yet for his medical. He ain't even agreed terms with Liverpool yet. Now they're saying Chelsea's ready to go back in form and possibly go up to 125 million pounds, which I don't understand if just go up to 112 million or 111 million and one pound, like my boy Wenger Wenger did. But it's still some uncertainty around his deal with Moises Caicedo. Cause apparently he has not sanctioned himself to, you know, move on to Liverpool. And apparently he wants to hold his, hold his word that he's with Chelsea. Cause he agreed personal terms with Chelsea all the way back in May. So just an insane, insane deal that's going on over in uh, the Premier League. And, you know, I, to me, if you ask me what I think is going to happen, I think I going to end up at I can't even say, man, this shit is insane. I think he'll end up at Chelsea. Honestly, you know, Chelsea, they've already agreed terms with him in May. And this for forewarning, this shit is liable to change by the time I even get done with the show let alone by the time he gets up on Spotify, YouTube, and all that shit. This is a very, very fluid situation that is changing by the minute. So I'm commenting on the last I've heard, which was at 7, 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. For all I know, I ain't got any notifications on Twitter yet. For all I know, this man, Caicedo might have, Chelsea might have bid $125 million. You just don't know. That's the type of, that's how crazy this situation has been. But, you know, regardless who gets him, if it gets, if he goes to Chelsea, I'm still not high on Chelsea. Oh, hell. So as of 19 seconds, that's what I'm talking about. As of 19 seconds, Moises Caicedo, this is according to Fabrizio Romano. Uh, Moises Caicedo just started to follow Chelsea on Instagram <laughs> 17 seconds ago. Fuck okay, it, it's insane. And then there's reports saying that he'll happily join Liverpool if they remain the highest bidder. It's just nobody knows what the hell is going on. I definitely don't know what's going on. But it's exciting and just indicative of just the the Premier League and how crazy it's been and how crazy it's going to be this year. Even if Caicedo was to go to Liverpool, I do not see them getting above second. that's, um, That's my fair warning. And if he goes to Chelsea, I don't see them getting above fourth. So, you know, of course, this is a needle move and move. But both teams need a lot more than Moises Caicedo. Liverpool still need a six. They don't even have a six. So they sold Fabinho. They're going to run out of midfield of Caicedo, uh Sosabali. I can't even pronounce his name it's like Hungarian I apologize if I mispronounce your name and Alexis McAllister as a double pivot that's that's Haram ball if I ever heard it you know there's there's no way there's they're they're already have liabilities defensively Van Dyke's getting older they got Konate and we all know Trent and Robertson really aren't the best defensively especially Trent but he's not meant to defend. He's, he's Trent. I don't see Liverpool getting above third just because they're going to leak so many goals. You know, they, they don't have a, a dedicated pivot and I don't, they might play a double pivot, but even if they play a double pivot, double pivot, there's no positional uh, discipline with any of the, anybody in their pivots, anybody in their midfield, you know, you could say Thiago, but he's not robust enough to be a six in the premier league. He's an eight. So, that doesn't solve their problem. Caicedo solves their problem of not having somebody that can progress the ball and be a good midfielder in the second, first, and second phase when they're trying to build up. But it doesn't solve their problem of their defensive block and their defensive insecurities with how many goals they leaked last year. You know, and and that part of that is just their style of play, their gung ho, hundred percent attacking all all the time style of play, clot ball, and he's been transitioning to a more. We going to position your own style with trend inverting and, you know, attacking with a three, two, five. But you still got to have those back five have still got to be bona fide defenders. I mean, you could sell with Manchester City. They sold or not, they loaned out Cancelo because it didn't fit that three, two, five as much as it should have. You'd rather have attackers, actual attackers up there in your front five and great 1v1 defenders in your back five. And I call it a back five and a front five because that's sort of you can sort of loop it into that. But it's really a three center backs, two midfielders, and then five in the front line. But Liverpool still leaked goals and they'll leak even more goals because they don't really have bona fide 1v1 defenders outside of Van Dyke and Konate. And with Caicedo and McAllister as a double pivot, and that's the double pivot, I'm assuming, even if it's Thiago. Yeah, they'll be good at be good at circulating play and sustaining pressure, but once teams are going to be able to get teams are going to get out, teams are too good in the Premier League to not get out. You can sustain all the pressure, even Manchester City. You know, gives up counterattacks. You have to be able to defend those counterattacks, and Liverpool is going to get sliced, sliced in in a counterattacking because they don't have as many one v one defenders as they need. Arsenal signed a one v one defender in. You know they got Saliba, they got Gabriel, Ben White's a good one v one defender, is a good one v one defender, Timber's really good. He's in the Caicedo mode, of very good at circulating and can defend in those when you're trying to sustain pressure. But he's an upgrade on Zinchenko, so he can play on the left and be an upgrade defensively. So that's not to mention Declan Rice and Partey as one v one defenders, very very good. And Manchester City, of course, they have Ake playing left back because he's so good 1v1 in a kanji. So Liverpool are lacking that. And it's just not I don't see I don't see Liverpool being able to sign anybody with the amount of money if they were if this deal with Caicedo is going through with the amount of money that they have splurged on him. One hundred and ten million pounds, one hundred eleven million pounds. It's just not going to work like that. Damn near a blessing in disguise for them could be them missing out on Caicedo and them getting a a center back or a a strong left back that, you know, they should have been all over Gavardio. He would have been an excellent fit for them if they truly wanted to go to this 3-2-5 with Trent inverting into midfield and being attacking. That's what they should have done, honestly, and had Virgil as the center center back and Gavardio as that left center back, left back hybrid. You know, I know they don't want to, you know, get rid of Andy Robertson, but he doesn't provide enough in the buildup for me. For just be sustainable in that system, he's not a, a good enough defender. I mean, I'll probably get killed for that, but I don't give a damn. That's just the the honesty of the system. And as we can see with Manchester City and Arsenal. A lot they have, you either have as your right back or left back. One of them is the more expansive one and one of them is the more defensive one. Trent is obviously more expansive than Robertson and is better going forward than Robertson. Robertson has to be more robust defensively. and He's just not good enough. And, he, and if you're not going to be good enough defensively like that at least contribute in the buildup like Zinchenko does. But Robertson can't even do that. He's he, he just can't. So I'm eager to see what happens with this deal. Even if Chelsea get him, I don't see them getting above fourth. It remains to be seen what they do attacking wise. I mean, and defensively, too. I just and goalkeeping. You know, I'm, I'm not sold on Robert Martinez. They've got Robert Martinez. They're trying to loan Kepa. I don't see Chelsea being above fourth, even with Caicedo. Because they, they still need a bona fide six. I know they signed Tyler Adams, but he's not going to start over Caicedo or Enzo. And they'll probably play punches 4-2-3-1. Tyler Adams isn't going to start over Enzo. He's not going to start over Caicedo if they get him. It's not happening. So they'll be in the same predicament because they don't have a bona fide six. They'll be just, you know, just leaking goals. And you can't leak goals, especially as competitive as the Premier League has gotten. Leaking goals has you dropping down the table. It's competitive, you know, so that's that's what I think about that. Y'all let me know in the comments what y'all think. Where y'all think Caicedo will go. Do y'all think he'll go to Liverpool? Do y'all think he'll go to Chelsea? And where do y'all think both teams will finish? My top five predictions for the Premier League. So I'll preface this with, of course, this is before the transfer window closes. Transfer window doesn't close for another three weeks. But, you know, the season's going to start. So I feel like this is the best time to do it. Hell, So for mine... I've got Arsenal winning the Premier League. I do. I do. And I'm going to save this video for when they do it, and I'm going to rub it in everybody's fucking face because nobody's predicting Arsenal to win the Premier League. Everybody's Manchester City this, Manchester City that. You can't tell me Kovacic is an upgrade on on Gundogan. They've been linked to Paqueta. It remains to be seen if that gets over the line. Paqueta's going to have, going to demand some time to assimilate the pep system and the the quote unquote strict it's not strict but it's strict in the zones that you have to stay in and paqueta is not he's not, he hasn't had to do that in his career so it remains to be seen how paqueta assimilates into that Manchester City team kovacic is not gundogan it's going to take him time to assimilate he was he did not perform well against arsenal so i think Manche- manchester city might get might get out the blocks a little slow of course they'll always go on that run where they have, you know, take like they did against Arsenal, taking twenty four out of twenty four points on the home stretch or thirty six out of thirty six points, something stupid, you know. But, you know, it's Arsenal has to start out start out pretty hot. I I'm not gonna say the Arsenal's gonna start out as hot as they started out last year, but they've gotta start out hot and they've gotta sustain it. You know, the World Cup was a bummer last year, but they've gotta sustain it throughout October, throughout November, get it December as top, and then have another go around like we did last year and hopefully we could come out on top. But I've got Arsenal coming in first in the British Premier League. I've got Manchester City coming in second for the reasons that I mentioned above. I think they'll come out they might start out a little slow. They had a later start to their preseason than everybody else 2 weeks behind because they were they played 2 weeks longer in the preseason. So, I'd imagine they'd come out to a to a slower start. And they've they haven't upgraded their team. They had Guardiola who was there to you know, he he came in to, quote unquote, I guess, replace Cancelo. He's another one of the one defender. So that shores him up defensively. But my worry for them is in the midfield with replacing Gundogan. You know, he was so important to them, especially on the home stretch. He scored so many important goals for them in the home stretch. And I mean, Holland is still going to do his thing. That's that's a foregone conclusion. He's still going to bag 30 goals. But I just don't see Manchester City and that and. Honestly, I say he's going to bag 30 goals, but I have an inkling feeling and I'm not wishing this on him by any means, but I have an inkling feeling that Holland is going to have some injury troubles this year. He had a he had he was a lot injured a lot at Dortmund. He played through it a lot. He's a tough son, son of a gun. But I just see that on the horizon. He played a lot of games this year. I think that's going to catch up with him this year. So, you know, and if Holland's out, then they'll have Alvarez, but Alvarez is nowhere near Holland. So, you know, Manchester City would. They'd likely be in trouble if Holland is out. They they likely would. Not like, of course, it's all relative for Manchester City and their trouble. Their trouble is not winning fucking 10 in a row. They're not going to be able to do that without Holland. They, they could win five, six in a row, but it's all relative to Manchester City. But the way Arsenal, I anticipate Arsenal playing, that might be have to, have to be the run that that Man City will will be going on. Third, I've got Liverpool coming in third, and this is. Honestly, man, this is contingent on Caicedo coming into Liverpool. If Caicedo does not come to Liverpool, I see Liverpool getting fourth, maybe fourth or fifth. Maybe I'd say fourth. I'd switch my third and 14. If Caicedo doesn't go to Liverpool, if he goes to Chelsea. So and for the reasons that I mentioned mentioned before, Liverpool just don't. They're not robust enough defensively and they're going to lead goals. So. You know, that's that's the thing with Liverpool. They don't have a bona fide six. They need a six. No matter if they get Caicedo or not, they need a six. They just do. Fourth, I've got Manchester United, United coming in fourth. I think their problem is going to be up front. They they can only play hoofball up to Rashford for so long. I mean, they're not going to be gonna be playing, you know, like Manchester City or Arsenal. They're gonna sit back a little more, be a little more defensive. United will be. But You still got to be clinical up front. They've got fidget spinner, Anthony, Anthony up there. He he's, he's got to score some goals. They they spent damn near a hundred million on this guy and he ain't scored nothing, Not damn near anything last year. Nothing. So United fans, y'all got to Y'all got to hold your boy accountable. Him and Jaden Huncho, both of them. Y'all got to hold them accountable. Just like y'all hold other people's other fans, players, other clubs, players responsible. Y'all hold other clubs, players responsible way more than y'all hold your own responsible. Come on now. Y'all can't just gang up on Harry Maguire. Gang up on, on Anthony and Jaden Huncho for not performing. Y'all, I mean, y'all spent a damn near 200 million pounds on them combined. Come on now. Rasmus Holland, y'all signed him for 85 five million. He's got million. They're saying he's got back problems. He's going to be out for two or three weeks just from the jump, and he won't be able to play more than a game a week for a while until his back clears up. So United, that's going to be their problem. But United always finds a way to get get results, whether that's because the referees, you know, whether it's because the referees or it's just, you know, they always find a way to get a result, man. It's really ridiculous and crazy if, we, if we're being honest. But Rashford is going to have to have a big year for United. United solid defensively and they're solid in the midfield, if, especially if they find a way to get Amrabat from Fiorentina to partner with Casemiro. That's just going to solidify how defensive they'll be, honestly. But I'm eager to see how United do, because if they get Hoyland back and Hoyland is able to beat these back pain, whatever the hell he's got wrong with his back, they'll have a lot of pace up front between him and Rashford, not to mention Anthony and Sancho creating for them. So, excuse me. And they got double. I forget they got 07 Mason Mount up there. So it's I'm eager to see what United do. I think they'll do. I think they'll do well this year coming fourth. And if Liverpool don't get Caicedo, they'll probably come in third and then rounding it off for the top five. I've got the Magpies, Newcastle coming in 5th. I think they're going to be really good this year. They're going to be tough to beat. It's just a matter of how how they and and I'll preface this, but Newcastle, Brighton and Villa are my 3 sleeper dark horses to get that fifth spot. I'm not high on Chelsea and I just it's it's one of the, it's one of them ones where it's either Newcastle, Brighton, I, I'm really high on Brighton even though they lose Caicedo, they've already got his replacement lined up. And um, who did I say? Newcastle, Brighton, and Villa. Yeah, and you know, Unai, Unai Emery's, he'll find a way to make it happen with Villa. But it's just a matter of how Eddie Howe uh, manages Champions League with the Premier League and them competing in four competitions this year. I'm not sure if they have the squad to facilitate that. They signed it Tonali, they signed Tonali, they signed Livermento. So, in my opinion, I think Livermento will be playing. Left back, maybe either he plays left back or right back with Trippier. They're going to either flip or Trippier stay on the right back and Levermentos to play left back. But I'm just eager to see how Newcastle do. They're always going to be good at home at St. James's Park. That's that's a given. They're going to be tough to beat there. And they play a certain type of football to where they're going to be tough to beat when they're away, too. They're going to sit in their block. They're going to frustrate opponents. They're going to be physical. You know, teams don't like that. So I really see Newcastle doing well this year. It's all about how they find a way to manage their forward line, their striker situation with Callum Wilson and Alexander Isak, and how they manage Europe. So I think this this might be Eddie Howe's first time having to manage Europe of this magnitude, of course, in the Champions League of this magnitude, and Newcastle, they haven't been in the Champions League in a long time. But it's going to be so fun to watch, to see St. James's Park on Wednesday and Tuesday nights against Liverpool er, in the Champions League. All right. All right. So here we go. That's so it's going to round off Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool, Man United and Newcastle. And that's my top five position. Y'all let me know in the comments what y'all think about that in the Premier League, who y'all predict to win the Premier League and who y'all predict to be in the top five. So for those Champions League places, usually I would do top four, but the top five is for because they're going to get an extra Champions League place with the coefficient. So on to the Titans, onto the Titans. We got a caller that's supposed to be calling in. Uh a Titans Twitter icon. Titans Twitter icon waiting on a call from him. We are gonna see. We also have I also have another one called another. I think Jalen should be calling in. We're gonna preview this game coming up. So getting to the Titans until we uh until we get that caller in. So they play tomorrow against the Bears. God damn it, I did it again. Keep it off. They play tomorrow against the Bears, twelve o'clock at noon. I don't like that shit on a Saturday. Keep it on a Sunday. But apparently Chicago is going to be playing a lot of their starters, so we might get put in a peck. I ain't gonna lie, but I'm not worried about the result. Obviously, as nobody should be. Nobody should care about preseason results unless you're the Ravens and you got a 23 game win streak on the line. But for me, it's all about the position battles, specifically quarterback uh the receiver position to see who comes up and surfaces as the wide receiver three and four. And also, you know, I'm eager to see what Rashad Weaver does in preseason two. I, it's time for him to take that next step. He had a good season last year. It's time for him to take the next step. And also, it's I'm eager to see what this O line does as a whole. Are they going to play this first preseason game? Nobody knows that their Titans are keeping their cards close closer to chess. Rabel and uh the The new head, not new head coach, but the uh, he's going to be a head coach for Saturday. I think Williams is his name. They're keeping their cards close to their chest. So I'm eager to see what what they do there. But so, you know, diving into that. Damn it. Diving into that. Will, Will Levis versus Malik Willis. Both of them have been stringing together good days. Absent from, I think, yesterday they had a really rough day quarterbacks the whole offense did not even just Willis and Levis it was Tannehill also the whole offense had a rough day offensively against that defense That we're gonna have to have that conversation too this defense has won entirely too many too many days in training camp man it's been ridiculous entirely too many games but you know I'm eager to see first off how Vrabel and them manage the competition with Willis and Levis with whether they let them play a full half you know Willis plays the first half Levis plays the second half Or they alternate quarters. And also the Titans fans, don't read into too much who starts the first game. That that, don't read too much into that. You know, I'm assuming it's gonna be Willis just purely off of seniority. And that's that's probably what it's gonna come down to. But I wouldn't read too much into that anyway. But anyway, you know, with Malik Willis, he has to come out here for him to really prove that he's taking the next step, as everybody has said. For me, he's got to come into the game, and the game has to look slow around him. I'm, I'm going to explain that further. Anytime last year, and, and, this is, and this is a combination of things. One, it's our O-line was so shitty. That's one thing. But also, it's just Malik Willis not being comfortable with whether that's the terminology, getting out the huddle on time, managing the, the offensive line at the line of scrimmage, calling any check plays, and you know getting his cadence underway. Everything that he was doing looked entirely too fast. And I think it starts with getting out the huddle on time, reading the plays out as he should. It's a big step have going from Liberty University where you don't you don't even huddle up. You're on the sideline looking at, at play call cards and you don't even have to call out a play as a quarterback to a pro style offense when you're in the you're getting a call in from a coach on your damn in your helmet and you got to call in a, a play that takes 10 seconds to read. And you got to read to some bitch off right. So that probably was the the little itty bit that started the snowball effect into Willis looking so rushed with everything that he did. I just don't see. I'm not going to say I don't see him improving on that. I have to see him improve on that. That's the biggest problem I have with Willis. And from that, there's a lot of things that trickle down from that. When the game slows down for him before the you know, pre-snap, that's when things can slow down post-snap for Willis. And that's, you know, that's really another issue of his is that he just he just hasn't had the ability to be calm in the pocket. And we got a caller calling in now. Give me one second.
2: Morocco, what's going on, brother? You doing all right, man? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed, man. Ready to talk about these
1: Titans. Man, man. what's So first off, you know, tell the tell the viewers what about yourself, how you got started, you know, rooting, rooting for the Titans. And then we can get to the game, man. Tell us about yourself, man.
2: Man, uh, pretty much, man, uh I grew up in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I always I always wanted to be a fan of an NFL team, but I just felt like I needed a team that was closer to me. And yeah. at the time, I mean, I didn't I didn't I didn't have that. I mean, the closest team to us was the same fan, you know, around the – uh Mm-hmm. Early mid nineties, I mean, who wanted to be a saint? Man? They was terrible then, man. <laughs>
1: they was terrible. Yeah,
2: right, I mean, that was the angst day. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um,
1: and when they were wearing brown man, bags
2: and uh, shit, right? <laughs> 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 it was terrible. But, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Um, the t- um uh, the Oilers end up moving to Nashville, and I, you know, had family in Nashville at the time, so. I was like, yeah, I need to check this out, man. For sure. And, uh, you know, I kept watching, kept watching. And, you know, I've, obviously the uh, Super Bowl run helped things or whatever. Man. But I knew I was locked in when we came up one yard short and I fell out in the floor. <laughs> 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 Damn near in tears, first,
1: The first fuck. of many heartbreaks as a Titans fan. That's how they hook you.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that at an early
1: age. <laughs> Just God, it's traumatizing, man. man. But that that early two thousands team. Hilarious. That early two thousand team had a ton of characters on their They had Eddie George, Steve McNair, why checking them, you know, and Curse, the freak. You know, they had a lot of likable characters back then. i mean, we're sort of getting back to that now, ain't we? Ah, uh, yeah, most
2: definitely, man. And I tell you, um, of course, you know, Steve and Eddie, they uh, locked me in and whatnot. Steve being from Mississippi and Eddie George just freaking running over everybody. Oh, yeah. But, uh, man, I took a special liking to Blaine Bishop, man. I mean, yeah. and, uh hard hitting Blaine. Right. He, stu- he stood out to me, man, because, I mean, I just seen this guy just, you know, running around just, you know, laying along with the dudes, man. Right. And I'm like, man. Dude, I did hitting and then uh it's funny because uh I found out his uh, nickname was Hitman. I was like, yep, that explains it. That's Hitman. right, Hitman Blaine. Right. But um as far as the uh the team today compared to them, uh yeah, I mean count we kinda getting back to that. Yeah. You know, uh, you see the resemblance between uh Eddie George and Derrick Harry style of football. Mm-hmm. Um man, the safety player, Kevin Byer, and Big Jeff. I mean, he, he just fit that uh mold of you know, past defensive uh tackles or defensive ends that we've had. Yeah.
0: Um
2: with we, we you know, you know how he, he talks his trash. I mean, Jeff,
1: man, that's I think that's, that's what man, got old boy in can't. trouble. <laughs> right. When uh, the dude that the dude that what's his name, uh, the one that got the fight with. You
2: call him Left Hook Jones
1: or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, champion heavyweight champion Jones, <laughs> oh, national <Nashville yeah>. heavyweight <laughs> champion. <laughs> My boy said he was just yeah. dis- disputed champion because he took a hell though. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> he 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 forgot that Brable was undefeated. Right.
1: <laughs> he had to go to the sample and then he was gone. But, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, what tell me what you what position group are you looking forward to most to seeing this first game? I know quarterback will probably be a natural answer.
2: Well, yeah, of course, man. We got to check out this quarterback battle, man, because I mean, shoot, man, uh, one of these guys, um, uh, may end up being the future quarterback of our team. So, I mean, right. yeah, I'm most definitely going to uh check that out outside of that, right there. Um, I'm looking to see what's going to go on with the offensive line tonight because honest to God, I would like for them to at least be in there a quarter. And I'm just going to keep it real with you. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be opposed to having them in there for a whole half because the thing about it is this is a uh, brand new uh, offensive line. And they talk about, they talk about jailing and chemistry a lot but it's only so much of that you could do in practice right so i just feel like this game right here would be a perfect opportunity to get you know whatever uh, whoever's in their starting five right now to get them out there and let them get uh, time to uh, figure things out against another team.
1: Yeah, it's one thing getting beat up in practice, but you know, and that's one thing they have been getting. But when you're facing another team and it, you, the game is act- operating so fast around you and plays are actually coming in, you know, that's when you get really got to apply what you done learned in, in training camp. But they, to me, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, they ain't deserved and got to where they deserved to where they don't have to play no first preseason game. They ain't proven nothing.
2: Nah, no, that no, they line. no. They None of prove, them. They haven't proved that yet. I mean, you look up and down this line right now, and, you know, there, there's not a guy there that, you know, proving anything significant in the league. None. I mean, you got a uh, Bronskill in there that, you know, a uh, supposed to be the Aaron Donald killer but <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen that he he doesn't do so well against you know uh other defenders so I mean he he needs to be out there Skorowski most definitely needs to be Has out two. there I mean he's a rookie I mean he needs to get all the playing time that he can get and I know that he's he's going to be locked into the star lineup. Yeah, he'll but,
3: probably
0: be playing guard.
2: And this is, yeah, but this is the perfect time to get him in there and uh see what he can do against uh an NFL uh, defensive tackle or defensive end. Mm-hmm. And um Andre Diller. He am worried about him with the he didn't get much time with the Eagles. No. Um he um, he's coming in here, um, getting his first real chance to uh, show what he's got. So, yeah, I'm worried about Dillard,
1: man. I ain't gonna lie to you. You say you worried about Dillard? I'm worried about Dillard. I ain't gonna lie.
2: Ah, yeah, he's been getting picked on in practice by Arden Key.
1: <laughs> yeah, he gave. Key said he had about eight sacks one day. <laughs> ah,
2: yeah, man. Uh, I think I think that was before they put on the pass Yeah. And, See, and then, um, it, it's concerning, but at the same time, you know, no pass. There's only so much that he could do. But right. D-Lyman going to win that. Pass on, I mean, he still, he still struggled a bit. Yeah. And, I mean, it, that's kind of expected, but, you know, not at a real high rate. But they said that he's stringed together uh, a good couple of days. That's um, right. And he, he also mentioned that um, – he's starting to get, you know, he's starting to get comfortable within his role and uh things are, you know, slowing down for him a little bit. So Right. And he also talked about um not having to go out there and be uh pissed off to get the job done, but just, you know, uh being able to utilize controlled aggression.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, I did say and, that he uh, I did see that he uh he said that he prefers to do it that way. But uh, right, you know he, he. Either way, I don't care which way he he prefers to do it. He just needs to get it done. But I don't see him not being an upgrade over what we had last year. Anyway, I mean he has to be right.
2: Man, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: what I'm saying, bro,
0: that's I mean, what I'm saying. Man.
1: He's got to be an upgrade over what we had.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I Lord knows, I hope so. I, you talk about PTSD, man, man Dennis Daly. I mean, he. Man, dude shook me up, man. I can't I mean, go through another a, season that's of that. All I, had. <laughs> yeah,
1: I can't I can't go through another season of, of that type of left tackle play. I can take it on the right man. tackle because at least Tannehill can see the dude coming. But not right. not at the left tackle spot. I can't I can't do that.
2: Right, man. And what what's crazy about it is Dennis Daly, I mean shoot, he got he got a job with Arizona at a at the peak of free
1: agency. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who else I went mean, out there? I
2: found like he was getting a $27
1: million deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's his name went out there, too? <laughs> right. The tight end. Swain. Oh,
2: oh God. I went blank that fast as early still, <laughs> man. Oh, God. yeah. Good thing I forgot about
1: him. Man. Man. So both of them cats are out there in Arizona. I don't know what the hell they got going on out there.
2: Man, there's money awesome for it, man. I mean, <laughs> either either he really believes in them guys or he's trying to get back in Arizona for something Arizona did to the tight.
1: Right. <laughs> or he or he ready to get up out of that job. I don't I don't know. Exactly.
2: It has gotta be something. If you go find Dennis Bailey uh at the peak of free agency, I wish I could think of the name of that tight end. Oh God. Jeffrey Swain. Yeah, Swain.
1: Ridiculous, man. He's one of the worst players I've ever seen put a Titan uniform on. I ain't going to lie to you.
2: Man, he – I think he played a little bit too much. That's the thing. I mean, amongst the rotation of guys, I mean, he's cool because, I mean, I I ain't going to lie. I don't see Swain make some, you know, some pretty significant plays. But it's just like – the NWI situation. I mean Yeah, you right he's about that. Good in his role. Now, if you try to stick him out there as you know, tight end number one, tight end number two, or you know, with uh NWI wide receiver one or two. <laughs> That's become a meme on now. A consistent basis. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not it's not gonna go uh it's not gonna go well.
1: Right. Bro, what killed me about it is we would be calling design screenplays to Jeffrey Swain. That's what had me pissed off. Oh yeah, I mean, that,
2: dude, man. That's, that's the downing effect.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous, bro. I don't know if I don't know if uh if Swain was ordering kegs for downing or I don't know what the hell he was doing to get them type of play calls. <laughs> I don't understand that. Shit ain't make no sense, man. <laughs> yeah, you buy
2: buying them shots before the game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Something. The, <laughs> man, right. what, uh, so what? What are you thinking between Willis and Levis? Who are you hoping to come out on top between them two? Man, I know you got a preference.
2: Honestly, I don't. Best man for the job. Because That's right. Here goes the thing. I mean, both of them bring bring a unique element to the table. I mean, both are athletic as hell. Yep. Both, you know, got cannons. Alarm. Yep. I mean, uh, I just, I just think their play styles, you know, are some are somewhat similar, man. A little so bit. Yeah. That's pretty much. That's pretty much what I I ask in you know, a quarterback. I mean, uh, be unique,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: I feel like both of them are unique. Therefore, I really don't have a preference between Levis and Willis, I mean, I just want the best man for the job. Uh, honest to God, truth, I hope they both go in there and kill it.
0: Yeah, And man. give
2: the coaching staff a very, very hard decision to make. Somebody got to stay or somebody got to go. But whoever goes is going to be a starter and we'll get great compensation for that.
1: That's best case scenario. Sort of we end up in, I guess, somewhat of the situation that the 49ers in with Trey Lance. You know, right? that would be best case. And we able to get, because, you know, we're short of draft picks coming up on this next draft. We sort of used a lot of them trading away this past year. But, you know, that would be best case scenario of one of them boys balls out and the other one. Well, actually, both of them ball out. And we know that we got a bona fide starter in the future in one of them. and We could trade the other one for some draft picks. That would be exactly. that would be best case. I'm eager to exactly. see who starts though. I think it'll probably be Willis starting, not that that oh, really yeah, matters it's too be much.
2: Willis really starting. You know how you know how verbal is. I mean, he ain't going to tell you anything until
0: yeah.
2: he has to say something, but everybody pretty much knows that it's going to be Willis.
1: Right. I wonder why that irritates people so much that he's that he doesn't say that much. I mean, that's we know that's him and we know that's how he operates. He's, he's been like that With teams he's been with his whole career with New England, that's where it that's where it comes from. I don't know why people Titans fans still get irritated by that.
2: Man, listen, man, Titans fans are spoiled when it comes (laughs) to getting information from coaches. Because I
0: mean,
2: you know, Jeff Fisher from back in the day, man. I mean, he was real media friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, Think back to Munchik. uh, Munchak, he, you know, he would tell you some things. Yeah. Um,
1: even Wizard even Hunt did a little wasn't
2: bit. wasn't so media friendly, but, I mean.
1: We had a lot of leaks back then too, man. I don't think
2: there was anything he withheld. Um, malarkey, I mean, Malarkey would probably right up there with Fisher when it comes to, you know, the information that he would put out there in the media. So, yeah. tight fans are just used to coaches being open about that type of stuff, and then when Vrabel came in, and you know, he was tight-lipped about pretty much everything. everything. I mean, they, uh, fans were like, uh, who do you think he is? Why do he feel like he ain't got a... He, he know how, yeah. You know how a fan base is, man, but me, uh, personally, I don't have a problem with it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you ain't gotta say nothing, you don't say nothing. I mean, I I think that's you know something a lot of people could uh,
1: take it personal. I
2: mean, don't <laughs> say nothing unless and exactly. If you ain't gotta say it,
1: don't say it. Exactly. We also had a lot of leaks back then with Fisher and Mon- them Muncheck days. A lot more leaks to the media than we do now. They really they really tighten that shit up. Rabel and them did.
2: Oh yeah, most definitely. But and you know it just goes back. To you know uh, the dysfunction in the front office because yeah. you know, we had a lot going on in front in the front office at the time so you know people pretty much just moving to their own beat or you know they had you know some type of vendetta against somebody and they like you know what screw it I'm gonna throw this information up out there uh, and now I mean everybody's pretty much, you know, uh, on the same page and they're not, they're not going to say anything to anybody. And if somebody does say something, you know, there's going to be some consequences to be paid.
1: For sure. Speaking of the dysfunction, I saw the interview y'all had with, with Nate Washington, man, that was, that was excellent. And he gave really good input on some of that dysfunction that we had in the organization, Bud was running like it was the wild, wild West, wasn't he? Ah, yeah, man, and uh, shout-out to Nate Washington,
2: man. So man shout out Nate. For sure, uh, shout-out to Nate. This is a great time to plug the podcast, man. Y'all make sure y'all check us out tonight, the Titans Coliseum Podcast. That's right. Podcast with me, Leonard Firestone, and R.J. Ellison. Uh, we're going to be doing our preseason game one of uh, – preview tonight at seven PM okay. so y'all make sure y'all tune in. But yeah, for yeah sure. man, Nate uh Nate pretty much broke that uh broke that thing down, man. I mean Bud was just Bud was just out here being Bud. Hey man,
1: <laughs> he was a rock star, wasn't he? <laughs>
2: right. You got me thinking back uh thinking back to that two thousand six draft where um Vince Young got drafted and Hey man he made
0: that call he didn't back- he
2: yeah, he he,
1: <laughs> he, he he flexed his muscles in, man. <laughs> Vy, my guy. <God. laughs> and, and man, I can't blame him because if Vy had more support in Tennessee, he would have been really good. The man had a winning record with us. I think he was like thirty six and sixteen or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a good record, and you know, uh, the haters say they. they um, they always point to well, look at our defense back then and man. he really did. Man, look, man, Bij Young were known for winning games. Yeah. I mean, Vince Young, outside of Steve and Mariota at times. I mean
0: Perform the best, bro. You
2: know, I went to I went into any game feeling like we could win it with That's those the thing, guys. yeah. But, but yeah, man, uh Vince, I mean he just you know things didn't go right, I mean some of it was on him, some of it was on the organization,
3: I think man, a lot I of it was on Jeff it. man,
2: yeah, i mean uh he he done some things he yeah. done some things to uh mismanage that situation, but we we'll also have to look at it too, man, it gotta be fair here uh why he didn't do his stuff any favors as well, but no. you know throughout all that man, I still respect the dude. I mean, he's a cool individual. Um, man, I just I just hope Malik and uh, Will uh, man can come in here and uh, do what we've been needing a quarterback to do for a long time, which is stay here and win
1: games. You're right. We we really been lacking that man. And Mariota was supposed to be that guy. I don't think he had the the fortitude and the, the mental toughness to really stick it through and, and be that guy. But it's been a long time coming for us to get that bona fide quarterback. You got to think, you know, we, we ain't been as lucky as other organizations. You look at the Colts, they look up into Manning and luck back to back. The Titans ain't had that man. It's overdue. Right. Man, you you know,
2: Green Bay as well. Though. Yeah. From Brentford
1: to Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. You know, I feel like we're well overdue to get that. And especially with the new stadium coming, it's it's imperative that we get the guy. We get a guy, whoever it is. I don't care if it's Malik, uh, Will, it don't matter. We we have to have a guy, especially for that new bring that new stadium in, man.
2: Ah oh, yeah, man. That's the only. Uh, that's the only way they're gonna be able to get asses and seats, man. Is, <laughs> as
1: high is as it's gotten.
2: Bring a legitimate product into that new stadium, and having a legitimate product means having a legitimate starting quarterback.
3: It starts with that,
2: right? And um, I, I just feel, I just feel like you. I mean. We're long overdue for a quarterback, but, you know, uh, getting one of those type of quarterbacks, man, I mean, there's a cost that comes with it. I mean, either you're going to have to, you know, mortgage your future or you're just going to have to all out suck.
1: Yeah. And this team, not with Rabel, that second option is not going to happen. You know, we could put out we could put out a minor league football team out there and Rabel still find a way to get five, six wins. You know, we just, oh, it's, yeah, man. it's not going to happen. Down. You know, I just hope that we're able to marry the two. And by the time we get a new quarterback, Vrabel is still around, you know, because we're we're creeping up on what, five years with Vrabel? You know, that's yeah. that's a long time in the NFL. I know people don't want to have a conversation. That is a long time to have a coach in the NFL. He's he's probably in the top 10, 10-year 10 coach in the league at five years. But I just hope oh, we stick yeah. around to where we have a quarterback, a good quarterback in with him to where we can marry the two and see what we can do as an organization with that, man. Sky's the limit.
4: Ah, oh, right. Right. Exactly.
1: You know? But yeah, man, uh, I appreciate you calling in. You're going to have we're going to have to link, a link off of here, do some content together. I'm going to be doing interviews outside the stadium. Probably that, uh, preseason game. I'll probably be doing interviews outside the stadium, but a hundred percent for all the home games throughout the season. So you're more than welcome to let me interview you, man. And it'll be going on the Tennessee fan TV, YouTube channel. Just trying to give the fans a voice, man. And you let people know too. interviews outside the stadium during home games, just to, you know, get everybody's reaction and get a voice from the fans. Cause sometimes we could, we could be a, feel a little suppressed. you know what I mean? All
2: right, man. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I was, I would love to do it. I mean, we got to get you on the College Sam podcast, for sure. hell, man. 'Cause I mean I see you on your grind out here early, getting through <laughs> it, man. I mean, uh I'm just I'm just all about, you know, us um Titans content creators just, you know, sticking together and uh giving our fellow fans uh something outside of the norm when it yep. comes to talking the Titans because I mean you, we we got some we got some great uh people that cover the team professionally. Hundred percent. But I mean, there's nothing like that fan emotion, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you gonna get you know the raw, uncut truth about exactly. your team when you talk to a fellow fan. But uh, man, thank you for having me, man.
1: No problem. Thank you for joining, man. Of course, I'll, I'll holler at you another time. All right, stay blessed, man. All right, stay blessed. Appreciate you, Morocco T, man. A Titans Twitter icon and big Titans fan for as you can tell, long, long, long time. Thank you for coming in. But uh, I think that'll you know if Jalen be joining or not, he might have overslept, but uh, that'll round it off. I, let me let me go ahead and say what I think about the the what player I'm looking forward to most for the preseason game looking forward to for this Saturday against Chicago. I'm looking forward to really seeing Reggie Roberson, the receiver that we have. Uh, he's really been lighting up camp. He's seemed like he's been scoring a touchdown a day, at least throughout camp, at least in the open days, that is. But uh, I want to see Rashad Weaver, too. Here we go. Here's Jalen now. One second. Got my man Jalen here. What's going on with you, bro? What's up with it, man? No, nah, what's going on, man? My bad. I ain't know you was in here, man.
4: Yeah, I was watching. Uh, yeah,
1: appreciate uh,
4: connect you. connect off, man. Shameless plug.
1: Yeah. What you, uh, what you think about the Willis versus Levis battle coming up on Saturday?
4: I think, well, going into the game, you know, all my information is based off uh, Teron Davenport.
3: Right. Good reporter.
4: They both have been dealing with drops, dealing with the second
3: and third unit respectively. Yeah. So, it has dropped a
1: practice percentage, uh, completion percentage rate.
0: Yeah. So
4: it is gonna be good to see how both Malik, really Malik, because you know we've seen what he can, what he can do or can't do.
0: Yeah.
4: You know, he's actually improved, Will Levis, I feel like I don't want to say I don't want to call it a culture shot because it's a preseason, mm-hmm. and if he's with the if he's with threes, I mean,
0: he should, he should dominate. He's he is an SEC quarterback.
1: Exactly. He's been in a pro. He's been in a pro style offense for the last two, three years.
4: Exactly. So, I mean, you know, the adjustment of, you know, having somebody in your ear on the field, stuff like that. that, Those are going to be things that are adjustments for him. But I don't think he'll struggle, especially going up against practice squad players. He's not really a practice
1: squad player. He damn sure ain't a practice practice squad talent. You draft him that early as we did. But uh, are you preferring one of the two? Out of Willis and Levis to to get that number two spot and be the quarterback of the future.
4: No, nah, I can see it going either way.
3: I think it's fifty fifty, uh, bro.
4: Yeah, I really want to see. I feel like the best way to 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 gauge that, and it's not really possible because you only get three preseason preseason games now.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Is that one, They both got to play with the warrants. Yeah, you got to go and you got to go up against a number one defense. I think joint practices. If we, I think we do that this year. I don't know. We got we them next
1: it. next week against Minnesota. We're gonna have joint practices in the New England. When they come to Nashville, mm-hmm. they're gonna be having joint practices throughout the week. So really good Ooh. defense, in New England.
4: That yeah, going up against that uh, that uh, New England defense.
1: Yes, going up against that Minnesota offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried okay. about I'm worried about what my boy. <laughs> I'm worried about my boy Fulton, man. I ain't gonna lie. It'll do nothing but make him better, though.
4: I'm not worried about him.
1: I'm worried about him he against Jettas. That's what I'm worried about.
4: I'm not worried about that. The one-on-one clips, they do look bad,
1: but <laughs> they be looking the terrible. one on They be looking terrible, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to think how realistic that is in-game. That shit's not really realistic. You know, we don't really play that much man anyway. So, just, yeah, you know, that shit is just for content. It literally. <laughs> that's so, that's yeah. so the receivers like de-hopping them composing shit on Instagram after the fact. Like, bro, come on, man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, but I do, I do feel like in order to tell which quarterback will be like our quarterback of the future will be whenever they do play up with the ones you know Traylon Burks if D Hop is still here, which he should be. Yeah, I, I'm talking about next year mostly, but yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But they got to get a chance with them guys, and I, not Mason Kinsley and and Racy Math
1: and wide receiver one Nick Westbrook-Akina.
4: You you don't keep giving
1: him that praise, bro. <laughs> hey, my, my boy been struggling, man. I got Somebody got to somebody got to gas him up. You know, it's gonna be me, man. I'm gonna give him the support he need. You know, everybody want to get down on Westbrook Kena You know, hey, he just got to get a role for him, man. He he's straight. Yeah, he should
4: be good enough to catch open passes in
1: the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're somebody- gonna get any. I don't think they're gonna get any time with the one receivers until maybe next week. They ain't gonna get none this week. I doubt it. I don't think any of the one no, receivers gonna know. play. The Bears are but playing they ones though. That's what's crazy.
4: Yeah, right. That is crazy.
1: Fields is but playing I do, everything. I do
0: believe,
4: yeah, but, I mean he he still he's I don't want to say new, but he green. He's still like you know he's still jealous, Like yeah, he like you were saying with uh rocks, like they don't have that time. Like nobody on the Bears is oh I'm not playing preseason game one right. So. Not that yeah, that's their uh, choice,
1: but it's just it's also the coaches looking at him like, does he deserve to have not played the first game of preseason? No. You know, we don't have anybody, and especially like Morocco said, we don't have anybody on that offensive line that's really proven anything in the league. You know, how many snaps do you want them to play this game? How far do you want them uh, to go?
3: That's, well, I guess the unofficial starting unit, quarter and a half. Yeah, quote unquote. You want a quarter and a half from?
0: Yep. Nah. Depending
4: on like, like if they have a good, if they have, let's say they have a thirteen play, let's say a thirteen play drive in that first quarter. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe a series depending yeah. on how that
1: series go. I'd say fifteen plays would be good for the first ga- first game, at least. Yeah. But it'd be sad they, if we don't do get fifteen do. plays in the first fucking half.
4: Right. That's what I'm saying. Because if you if we if you get if you get a 10 play drive in the first quarter in the first series, that oh that means that means something was going right. You were either right. getting good run blocking, good pass blocking, or both.
1: Yeah, exactly. If they get a 10 play drive like we go ten plays down the field and score, they can to me they can take the rest of the night off. Honestly. You know, you put a good,
0: good
1: yeah, you put together a good drive like that, you end on a high. And then, you know, maybe you ease them into double that in week two where they get a twenty twenty-five plays and then give them week three off, you know? Yeah. Who are you uh is there a player in particular are you looking forward most to seeing? I know besides the quarterbacks, I know we all looking forward to seeing that. Oh man, I, I can't
4: it's not a player in particular, but I can't wait to see the defense.
1: Oh yeah. Man, the defense been flying around this offseason.
4: Man. I I don't expect to see Harold Landry though I wouldn't be surprised if I did but I don't expect to see him yeah uh, but Arden Key
0: man
3: the
4: ain't they been talking about him I do want to see um I can never say his name Number Aziz two. Yeah, yeah I can't wait to see him
1: bro you see I how he's built like he's a he's a, a bit Aziz Asher I think that's how you pronounce his name bro he's built like a hybrid safety playing linebacker
4: I did. I don't know if that was you. You that might have been you that said that on yeah. Twitter.
1: Yeah, bro. He's built like a hybrid, rangy safety, but he's thumping like a middle linebacker. Yes. Yeah.
4: He, he, there, are, there are some guys that do that in college. Like they make that transition. Yeah. You know they might have just put on too much weight in the, uh, in the weight room, or something like that. But yeah, that, that's not that's not nothing new. So he might have real really been playing safety.
0: It very well could've. said.
4: And they say, "Hey, man, look you you don't you you moving you moving like a linebacker. We got to see what you
1: look like a linebacker, and he succeeded." Man, I'm eager to see him. I, I'm ready to see what Rashid, Rashad Weaver does if he's ready to take that next step as a pass rusher. Also, not just as a pass rusher, he was always pretty decent as pass rusher and pass rushing downs, but more so with his run fits and and combating against the run. That's probably setting the edge. That's what I really need to yeah. see see better from Weaver, but. If he's able to do that, I think he'll be a really good piece for us uh, on that defensive line. We, our front seven is nasty, fam.
3: It is.
4: Though yeah. my only thing about Rashad Weaver is it seemed like he ended up being a, defect, a de facto starter. Both like he was when well, he got drafted in twenty twenty one, right? Right. But Dupree went down, and then last year, Harold Andrew went down, so he just had to start. Yeah. So. Yeah. And naturally, especially on defense, like you, you may just get thrust into a position where now it looks like you're having success. Because he would get sacks, and I would be like, I don't know, I'm just still not impressed. Right. So I know what you're saying. Like he needs to, like he needs to separate himself.
1: Yeah. And you know the the thing with the sacks, though, in our our defensive line, it can be a little inflated. You know, I'm not discounting the numbers or anything, but you know, we had the guy that come off the bench last year that I think he signed with Chicago. Maybe he got a, he got paid somewhere. He came off the bench. Was a practice squad guy. Came off and got like fucking seven, eight sacks. You know, it helps when our scheme is the way it is, and you got animals like Simmons and Dupree and Landry hogging up blocks and Tart. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like the I'll compare it to a thing in basketball. It's like the the rookie basketball player coming in. You don't really have no film on him, and he's just isolating, cooking niggas up. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's sort of what it is. But I think Weaver just has to take that next step to be more consistent all around, you know, where he can play three downs and not just be a pass rushing guy on third down. He's big enough to be able to play all three downs. He's not no small, small pass rusher. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I, I get it. That's why that's why I'm just I, like. he He's good enough to be a starter, but he's not consistent enough to be a good starter.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to put it, because, you know, he's just. And maybe that's I ain't gonna say that's his attitude, but he did have he got fined for showing up late and he posted that bullshit on on Instagram or Twitter. So maybe that's something that they're working on off the field. Cause that that could do that sounds like what you just said, that's more so off the field mentally thing than talent. That consistency. Exactly.
0: exactly.
3: We I am but I am
4: excited to see our our front setting because that's been our staple
0: mm-hmm.
4: for the Years. I am excited to see Roger McQuarrie.
1: Are you and, happy uh, with him I, move, moving inside? Well, they, they drafted him as a slot corner, though. Man, I don't he know was, what the hell they drafted him as. an Outside corner or slot corner. I just know he was playing both last year, and they moved him outside. He was getting cooked inside. He was getting cooked outside. He was a rookie, though. Well,
4: because I, I know... I want to say that they did draft him as a slot corner, but, you know, we had a lot of them injuries, so he yeah. had no choice to play Outside left, outside right corner, or whichever side he was on. I'm not sure.
1: Right. I know but, for a fact they drafted Molden to be a slot corner. And he's got moved to safety.
4: Yeah, but I think he's getting, like, I think he gets that role where a coverage is back Like, he's not really a, uh, he's not really a safety. He's more of a star.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure.
4: Because, yeah, he, I don't, I, but I, I don't, I'm not at their practice. I don't really know. But when he is in the game, he's more so a slot corner. Or that star, he plays that star role. Well,
1: Molden or he, McCreary? Molden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's he's around the box a lot more for sure.
4: Yeah. But I'm, I am mean, excited. So uh well our secondary with uh Sean
3: Murphy button. Man, he's gonna be a dog, team, ain't he? Yeah. Look fine. He looks fine at zero.
1: Yeah. For real. Him. So our secondary, I'm not too concerned about the secondary as others are. I'm really, I'm fairly confident in it. You know, you got Fulton, Murphy Bunton, uh, Molden, and McCreary mm-hmm. as your your four corners. And then you got, you know, we play with two or three safeties, Molden, Byard, and Hooker. You know, granted, we don't have that much depth safety-wise, but Bayard, knock on wood, he stays relatively healthy, and Hooker just needs to stay healthy, and we'll be set. Yeah. Uh,
3: what are you thinking uh,
1: what do you think the ceiling for this defense is?
3: Oh, it's that's a tough one. I think it could
4: be I, ooh. okay, biased top ten
3: That's not biased. Really? I think that you're unbiased. What's your biased yeah. position for the Titans?
4: I, I think it's around top eight.
3: Come on, man. Be Look, be I'm, be for real.
4: I'm, I'm, I am. I'm counting defenses like the the Cowboys defense. The, the 49ers defense, the Eagles defense. Yeah. Like that, I don't I don't Patriots. Know, there's a couple that I'm forgetting that I don't think they could they they could if, their ceiling would be five.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd agree with that. Five. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Top
1: top five or five? Five. Like five. <laughs> five to ten. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> man, I, I think they get. I think they get uh, sneak up into the top five though. Man, that's my bias. Unbiased is anywhere from five to ten, like you said though. You know, even even ten, I'd say is a little underachieving for that defense. Uh, Murphy Button said in the press conference, they're trying to be number one in all the all the categories, and of course he's expected to say that. But exactly. I mean that's the ceiling that they're setting, and that's I'm sure that's the expectation in the building is, hey, we're gonna be one of the best defenses in the league. <laughs> And it was it was arguable last year, you know. Teams weren't running on us. so if if we could find a way to cover guys, it it's it could be top five. I agree, you but, know. I, but
4: again, I'm I'm comparing them to defense. Like the fact that the I know this is a Titan show, but the fact that the Cowboys got Trayvon Diggs as much as people may not like him, and Stephon Gilmore along with Michael Parsons and. Uh, Dexter Lawrence rushing the passer, bro. Like, they really got back throwing two picks of practice. <laughs> like, that's crazy.
1: Hey, bro, he's struggling, ain't
4: he? <laughs> he's he against that defense. It makes sense. He doesn't have his best offensive lineman. It makes sense why he's struggling against a top three defense. Yeah. On paper.
1: They're going to they be good, bro.
4: They are. I'm glad we don't have to play teams. We got to play the AFC. We got to play the AFC North and the chargers that that's the, that's the both of our competition.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm eager to see, uh, I eager. you saw Stroud last night. Did you see what he did?
4: I saw the first quarter. I saw him set up. I think it
1: was uh David Singletary. And then I yeah. had to leave, man. I ain't gonna lie. He looked like Willis did last year. Everything looked a hundred miles per hour for him. I know it was the first game, but you know, Stroud was supposedly the most pro ready quarterback out of the bunch.
3: Who said that? Man, that's what they were saying, bro. Who else was they saying? It wasn't Levis.
4: Nah, I wasn't Levis, but uh, and, I'd say it's uh, Young. I, yeah, I give it to Bryce Young before I give it to to Stroud. Like, especially Stroud went to Ohio State.
1: They were saying that he wanted, he might have, you know, went up to the one pick the night of the draft. They were saying a bunch of shit that night, though.
4: Yeah, they. I don't know what's happened to NFL Twitter, but it's turned into everybody's getting
1: hyped up. It's close to the season, bro. That's what it is. Nobody's lost yet. Literally. Oh, yeah, that's
4: true,
1: too. <laughs> Ain't nobody played, talk- like, shit in preseason. That's why.
4: Man, the way they talk about Zay Flowers in, uh, in Baltimore, the way they talk about Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, just even Jonathan Mingo, just they, – they just bring up anybody, and they'll have a a long tweet. Yeah about how good they're
1: going to be. Bro, everybody looks good mean. on air. Everybody should look good in training camp when you playing without pads, bro. And you are playing against when you running against your team and you know you ain't going to get smacked in the mouth, all these skill players should look that good.
0: That's
3: true. That is true.
1: You know, it's a lot different when you playing another team and you are going to get smacked in the mouth. That is true. Addison that's, looked that's good last night, but I mean, he made that one good catch what I seen. And but it's still a lot different when you're playing against another team, even in
4: practices. And and there's no rules against just tackling you.
1: Facts. Facts. I'm eager to see. I'm glad that you said that about the practices, because I'm eager to see. I forgot. I knew we were practicing against New England, but I forgot just how good that defense was. And I'm eager to see what Willis and Levis do against them.
4: Yeah, I feel like that'll be a good mark. I feel like. I feel like the the Vikings, even though that's not the strength of their team, is definitely that offense. Right, but I, I, I do feel like you know that'll be an adjustment period for them, just seeing a different defense. Mm-hmm. And then you go against New England for the how God knows how many times we have had a joint practice against them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you go against New England, you got Judon coming off the edge. That'll be a test for our line, yeah. along with the fact that the quarterback has to.
1: How lucky you know, were we? Yeah. How lucky were we to get Minnesota and New England back to back? Like a team with a bona fide number one good offense. And then the team with a bona fide defense like New England. Man, we got
4: lucky. We did. It's going to be a real test in practice. So. Yeah. And it's, and, it's, and it's also a good thing that they don't necessarily put that on film yeah. for other teams to see.
1: Exactly. I think that Titans defense is going to abuse New England's offense. Mac Jones and them. Yeah.
4: I think that Titans defense is going to do the same thing to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, they don't have the... The best offensive line.
1: No. No, oh.
3: hell no. Cousins was getting lit up. Man, Kirk Cousins had them they had that rib injury. So yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh it,
4: just as much as
1: Tannehill. Exactly. He got hit more. He was the most hit quarterback in the league, I wanna say.
3: But yeah, man. So, yeah. Uh
1: what else we got? I think that's it, man. You don't you don't like soccer, do you? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Not as much as I don't I don't watch it, so
1: yeah. You won't have to, man. That shit's interesting, man. You y'all gotta get into that, man. You know, Chuck and them be on it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I do. But you know, they be they be on FIFA, man. They took your role from uh twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen.
1: Commissioner. I I'm talking about on Ultimate Team. Oh, you, see, I don't even play that shit no more like <laughs>
4: that.
1: You see what I mean? Yeah, they took it, they can have it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they can have that shit but yeah man appreciate you calling in Jalen distinguished TFTV member of course he's a big Titans fan man look forward to hearing from you maybe on the stream tomorrow for the watch along on Monday show man whenever man appreciate you calling in yes sir thank you for having me alright that's Jalen there man we're gonna round off the show with that man thank you everybody for joining the sports section morning show for a good episode good episode number 16 number 16 August 11th we're going to have a live watch-along TFTV will of the Ch- Titans and Bears game tomorrow on Twitch and YouTube. Same way you can watch this, same way you can watch that. We'll have a live watch-along in the second studio. So it's going to be a good time. It'll be me, Dub, Easy, Demarcus, be on there trying to work on getting somebody else. If y'all want to join, y'all join. Y'all let me know. DM me somewhere on Twitter or something. Y'all just holler at me. But uh, thank y'all for joining. Thank y'all for listening. Make sure y'all like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure y'all share the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, all that, man. Make sure y'all support us that way. Make sure y'all give us a follow on socials at TFTV Sports and then on Instagram at TFTV.sports and stay tuned for the Exit One Show. Episode 3 came out earlier in the week. Episode 4 will be out next Tuesday. So y'all go to that on YouTube at the Exit One Show. At Exit One Show, not at the Exit One Show. At Exit One Show. Check out episode 3. It was a great show, man. It was a great show. But Once again, appreciate y'all joining. Y'all check us out on Saturday, tomorrow for the Watch Along. We'll holler at you. See ya.